Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Norby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Richard Lee Haynes Jr. and Cheryl Vasquez. In 2004, 11-year-old Richard Lee Haynes Jr., or Cody as he was known, lived with his four sisters, his father, Richard Lee Haynes Sr., and his father's girlfriend, Marla. They lived in a second-floor apartment on the 100 block of North Main Street in downtown Kittitas, Washington. Kittitas has a population of 1,400. Cody is described as a rambunctious and creative child. He made his own candy, loved camping, Legos, swimming, and being outside. He wanted to be a police officer when he grew up. Cody's father, Richard Sr., worked as a tow truck driver. The girlfriend, Marla Harding, had worked as a state child protection services employee until 2001 when she was fired for misconduct. Cody's biological mother lived in Florida and had served time in prison for child abuse. She was ordered to have no contact with Cody. So, Katie, in all of your years of working with child protection, have you ever known of a child protection worker being fired? No. No. I've never heard of that. No. I mean, uh, because at least here in Minnesota, they're often union employees. That just is not something that happens very often. It's very rare. Yeah. And there was nothing that said why. Yep. Um, but I think as as you hear the story, it might make more sense. Right. Well, and, and I mean, we, it's pretty fair to say that there was... There was you know, if she does child protection, the misconduct had to do with child protection, probably. Right. So it's um, right. it's very concerning. Yeah, and it's not very common it's to not. have somebody lose their job. And no. On September eleventh, two thousand four, Cody got in trouble for refusing to put the dinner leftovers away and wash the dishes. His father's girlfriend Marla punished Cody by making him sit at the kitchen table for four hours, before sending him to his room around midnight. Cody hasn't been seen since. Cody's father left the home at 2.30 a.m., so the same morning, I guess it would be the next morning, September 12th, um, saying he had to go look for car parts. He took the family van and drove 250 miles throughout the state of Washington. On his way home, he had car trouble and called a friend to come and help him. He returned home around 4 p.m. on what would then be September 12th. On the morning of September 12th, while Richard was out, Marla told Cody's sisters to not go near Cody's room. They would later recall that there were chairs oddly placed in the hallway. What? No one apparently checked on Cody until his father returned home at 4 p.m. Cody was reported missing two hours later at 6 p.m. They told authorities that they found Cody's bed set up with stuffed animals to make it appear like he was sleeping. They reported that a camouflage bag with some clothes were also missing. A search of the immediate area found the backpack and Cody's bike in a shed at his home. Well, you don't... Hmm? You don't... uh, That's not... I mean, he's only 11, so he might not know how to run away. Right. But it doesn't appear as he actually ran away because the bike hasn't been moved. Right. 
So authorities initially thought that Cody left the backpack in the shed and planned to come back for it later, like he planned on running away. This seemed plausible because he was mad about being punished and thought maybe he would try, and authorities thought maybe he would try to travel to Florida to where his mom was. But he never made it to Florida, and his mother never saw him. A couple days after Cody disappeared, the community set up a search party. They went door to door to 430 homes and handed out over a thousand flyers. Richard and Marla did not participate in the search. They did offer a pillowcase so that scent tracking dogs would have something to go off of. The dogs were unable to pick up a scent trail. Is it? I think it's unusual that it also took a couple of days. Well, and I think that it was maybe trying to understand if Cody did just run away on oh, his own. Oh, sure. Um, because sure, of where the backpack sure. was. And, sure. And, and he had gotten in trouble. He had gotten in trouble. Right. Yeah. Um, on September 17th, authorities asked to speak to Cody's this sisters. This is five days afterwards. This is five days afterwards. Um, but Richard refused to let authorities talk to the girls. On the 21st, the sisters were removed from the home and placed in foster care. The removal order alleged abuse, neglect, and lack of supervision in the household and was based on the fact that Cody was made to stay in his room for 18 hours without any food or water, no use of the bathroom, and without being checked on. Marla said Cody was a rebellious and deceitful child that needed discipline. The family has a history with Washington Child Protection Services. In late 2001, and again in 2002, Richard was reported for possibly physically and emotionally abusing and neglecting all of the children. Witnesses said that they were made to stand outside for long periods of time in the winter without coats. Those reports were found to be without merit, so nothing happened. But somebody saw something right. that caused them to report it. The child said something to somebody. There was something that caused it. That's not, a, that's not just a, uh, you know, I got a spanking. Right, right. That's kind of specific. Yeah, and I think that it was the neighbors that saw yeah. saw them outside. And this is Washington. I mean, it gets cold there. Yes. I mean, it's not like Minnesota where it's 40 below, but it's cold. They have winters and well, snow, and, and it's cold. Cody and his sisters were in the public school system, but became homeschooled after this, the child protection complaints were made. Which is a red flag all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Richard and Marla married sometime after September 2004. They hired attorneys and have not cooperated with authorities. Cody's extended family have cooperated. One of Cody's cousins said the kids were extremely sheltered after they were pulled from public school. A neighbor actually stated that he would occasionally see the girls outside but never saw Cody and didn't even know a boy lived there. In response to Richard and Marla not cooperating in 2004, police chief Steve Dunnigan stated that, quote, their behavior is definitely curious. It does make us ask, why do they have an attorney to help us find their son? Unquote. The sisters were interviewed several times while they were in foster care. Initially, they wouldn't say anything happened that night that Cody was sent to his room. Cody's oldest sister would eventually tell authorities that Cody was severely beaten in the home the day he vanished. In February 2005, authorities obtained a search warrant for the residence. They were looking for traces of blood to back up the sister's story. What they found was new flooring that had been replaced after Cody disappeared, and without the landlord's consent or knowledge. So they, they lived in an apartment building. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. You don't do that. Investigators did find evidence of excessive corporal punishment and possible sexual abuse among the children. 
So do you know what that means? I mean, I don't know what that okay. means. Um, and I don't know when they found that evidence, if mm-hmm. it was when they went in the home, if it was from talking to the sisters. It wasn't clear. Okay. It wasn't really clear. During another search, police seized a computer. The van that Richard drove the night Cody was disciplined had been sold. They tracked it down to search it for evidence along with Marla's car. Authorities stated that they found, quote, a significant discovery, unquote, in the apartment, but have never made public what that was. Initially, authorities thought that Cody may have run away. It was Richard who gave the runaway theory. But with whatever the evidence they found was, and the sister's story, authorities announced that Cody could be a victim of homicide. They have found no new evidence that he was killed inside the home, but the fact that he has not been heard from in so long is indicative that he was met with foul play. Due to his age and family background, Cody is considered to be in danger. His case was turned over to the FBI in October 2004, and it remains unsolved. Cody's father, Richard Haynes Sr., passed away in 2019. Richard Lee Haynes Jr., or Cody as he was known, was 11 years old in 2004. He would be 28 years old this month. He is described as Caucasian, and at the time of his disappearance, he was 5 feet tall and 90 pounds. He has brown hair and blue eyes. He was last seen wearing a red hat and a red or gray coat. He has a round birthmark on his inner right thigh. If you have any information about the disappearance of Richard Cody Haynes, please call the Kittitas Police Department at 509-925-8534. So what kind of terrible lottery were these kids involved in that they got an abusive mother, birth mother, and then an abusive um, girlfriend? To their father. I mean, these these kids didn't stand a chance. Right. And the fact that, and I'm just now thinking of this, but the fact that the girlfriend, Marlo, was a child protection worker and the biological mom served time in prison. Was there something to that? That Oh, geez. Um, she... And that's not to say that the mother was not abusive, because that's absolutely a possibility. But was the new girlfriend is a child protection worker... She was she was fired for misconduct. Yeah. Um, it's not clear when Cody's biological mom served time in prison, if she was in prison at this time. It doesn't sound like it mm-hmm. um, because she was ruled out as a suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, if she had been in prison, she wouldn't have been a suspect. She wouldn't have been a suspect, yeah. But it, it, it's not Interesting. clear. Interesting. Well, and, and she did something, the um, Marla did something inappropriate. Right. But it, it feels like there is often one child who is the scapegoat. Yeah. Not all of them. Right. Maybe sometimes that happens too, but... Um, yeah, I mean, the, for, the punishment of sitting for four hours. What? I... What? That isn't... What? That doesn't make any sense. No. And now I don't know that it can be believed. And those children, the the girls, Mm -hmm. they they couldn't say. I mean, she may have killed Cody. She very well may have killed Cody. They're not going to say anything. And Dad may have killed Cody also. Yeah, 
Any, we don't, I don't, it, it didn't specifically state anywhere that dad was home at the, this time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. But he drove 250 miles. I mean, he had knowledge one way or the other. Yep. He knows what happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's dead. He's passed away since. But, right. Um, those girls, you know, there's, <clears throat> when, I think when you live in a household where there's abuse, you can band together, mm -hmm. but the abuser will often separate right. that pack of children, break that apart a little bit because it's easier to control if they're not a pack of children, but individuals. Right. And, and it's helpful if there's a, there's a scapegoat. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a horrible way to think about how a family unit would work, but by protecting another child, you put your risk of becoming the scapegoat, mm -hmm. the focus of the punishment. Right, right. And it, it made mention that it was one of it was the oldest sister. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if Cody was the oldest, mm -hmm. or if that was saying that it was an older sister. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. really sure where. But just that she was the oldest of the sisters, at least. Right, right. Cheryl Lynn Vasquez was 19 years old in 1987. She worked at a fast food restaurant on Dyer Street and Matador Plastics Factory in Northeast El Paso. For reasons only known to Cheryl, she married 23-year-old Robert Dismukes by proxy in mid-June of that year. Dismukes was serving prison time for burglary and attempted murder. Cheryl's family speculates that she married him so that he would not be deported. On June 28th, around 9.30 p.m., Cheryl went to the Circle K store on the 10,600 block of McComb Street. She went there to buy cigarettes for a friend. While she was there, she was seen talking to David Leonard Wood in the parking lot. That was the last time that Cheryl Vasquez was ever seen. David Wood was 30 years old in 1987. He is a blonde Caucasian male with hazel eyes. He stood around 5'10 and weighed around 160 pounds. He had grown up in uh, northeast El Paso and lived for a short time in Chaparral, New Mexico. He had dropped out of high school in ninth grade. Um, he spent some time working as a mechanic and was rejected from the military. Wood served two years in prison for indecency with a child. Then he was paroled in 1980 for sexually assaulting a 13-year-old and a 19-year-old woman. After serving only seven years of two concurrent 20-year sentences for rape, Wood was paroled on January 15, 1987. Nine young women went missing from El Paso, Texas between May 13, 1987 and August 27, 1987. Between September 4, 1987 and March 14, 1988, six bodies of women were found buried in shallow graves in the desert northeast of El Paso. The bodies were found in a one-mile by one-half-mile area that was 30 yards off of a dirt road. Four bodies were in various states of undress, indicating that the killer had sexually assaulted them. Five of the victims were seen by witnesses on the day of their disappearance, accepting a ride from a blonde man who rode a red Harley-Davidson motorcycle or drove a beige pickup truck. Wood owned both types of vehicles. In July 1987, a woman testified that Wood offered her a ride outside of a convenience store. 
Instead of taking her home, he took her to an apartment complex, then to the desert northeast of El Paso. He dug a hole. Then he thought he heard voices and moved them again to another place in the desert. There he tied her to a bush and raped her. He heard voices again, so he left her in the desert. One month later, she reported to the police what had happened. She took them to the two spots in the desert. There, officers found the six bodies. They were Karen Baker, 20, Maria Rosa Cassio, 24, Desiree Whitley, 15, Don Smith, 14, Angelica Jeanette Frosto, 17, and Ivy Susanna Williams, 23. David, David Leonard Wood was found guilty of sexual assault in March 1988, and he received the death penalty. His sentence remains under appeal because he has a cognitive disability. The murders of young El Paso women stopped in October of 1987 when Wood was arrested for rape. There are still three other young women who went missing in 1987. They are Marjorie Knox, 14, Melissa Elenez, 17, and Cheryl Lynn Vasquez, 19. Cheryl Vasquez was 19 years old when she went missing. She is a Caucasian female who is 5'6 and weighs 110 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Her ears are pierced. She may use the last name Dismukes or Vasquez Dismukes. She was wearing a white t-shirt with cartoon characters on them, new blue jeans, and white slip-on sandals or high-top sneakers. If you have any information about Cheryl Lynn Vasquez, contact the El Paso Police Department at 915-564-7360. So I found this story that I thought was about um, these three women who are still missing. But that was a total of nine women in, that went missing in the same year. That they know of. That they know of. That were reported missing. That were reported missing. That were missed by somebody and um, that had a family and had people caring about them. Um, they all were very similar. They were slight build. Sure. They were young. Um, and I think that most often it was at this at, at a convenience store. There's that was sure. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. And so the stories about David Wood is that he was kind of handsome. Sure. He was handsome. Um, women were attracted to him. But it also when there was a psychologist or a psychiatrist that. Uh, uh, did, a, did some testing on him and found that his IQ was probably at around 68. So he had a low IQ, he, he, um, which you know would, would make it more understandable why he would be attracted to younger women. Sure. And also, but it's also why younger women would have been attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the maturity smokes, of that. He can buy alcohol, mm-hmm. he can, you know, he's older. Right. Uh, it would have shown maybe why he would not have been successful with women his own age. Right. Um, as well. And I don't know this, but it maybe could have led to him being mad. 
and resenting females in general. Right. And because yeah. and be you know being um, turned away or right um, rejected rejected yeah that's well right. and he you know his he was charged with um, rape uh, a sexual assaulting a thirteen year old and a nineteen year old he had let them go free right. after that other than the one woman that 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 got free the very last woman um, he ki- he very likely killed the rest of them. Right. right. Because the assault on the two, the 13-year-old and the 19-year-old resulted in him serving prison time. He got in trouble. He got in trouble. So. Um, Take away that victim's voice. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And I, I just want to say that there's probably other victims, and maybe there are some that survived. Right. Um, but who were, who were not able to report, who mm-hmm. did not have the wherewithal. The woman that eventually did report, and, you know, it took her a month. Right. And well, and and why wouldn't you? Re- why why would you report? He was ser- he was let out after seven years of two concurrent twenty year sentences. So if I report this, I survived, and I report this. What's to say he's not going to be let out again? Because, um, it's it's likely that he has a cognitive disability that could get well, him out. Well, and and or that he you know he was supposed to serve forty years and he served seven. Yeah, and. Uh, it's not worth it. It's not. It's not worth it. But he also, if if he if he stole her purse, right. he has her address. He knows where she lives. This, um, all of these women, all nine of them, were from Northeast El Paso mm-hmm. or the or the uh, I think it's Chaparral, New Mexico. That they were from a very they were from the same kind of areas and a large city has. Neighborhoods, right? Which would feel very much like a small town. Mm-hmm. That you're kind of roaming in and around these areas, and right. you 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 see the same people in the grocery store. You see the same people at the gas station. You see, the, it's just a it's yeah. just a pods of of you know neighborhoods that make up this a large city. And and because when I was reading, so I would be very much the same age as Cheryl. I will be fifty three this year, sure. and. I I was doing the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a mini mart sure. in Spearfish, South Dakota. But I was doing the same. I would have been attracted to or, or you know, maybe accepted a ride from. But mm-hmm. these things are not different than what I would have done at that same age. And I can see myself there this is somebody that they would have known they would have known by name it would have been somebody that they had um they have gone to their school well um you drive a red harley davidson i mean you stick out you stick out you st- you, you purposely and he was a blonde mm-hmm. uh he was a blonde male and he just he would he stuck out he stuck yeah. out and he was attractive to women that's what that's what um the the that's what Cheryl Cheryl's mother in law reported. Sure. How and but Cheryl's mother in law and Cheryl's in laws uh, believe that Wood was innocent, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with anything. Which it, it um, you know 
but that was reported in the stories. Sure. And it's um yeah, it's nineteen years old, you make one mistake. You accept a ride from one person and it's over. It's not fair. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. Okay, Katie, what do you got for us this week? I hope you got something great because those stories were horrible. They were awful. They were awful. So these are just random funny things. It says that they're jokes, but they're clearly not jokes. They're just random funny tweets. Okay. There's no rhyme or reason to them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll determine that for myself. Okay, okay. (laughs) Everyone should be nice to me for one very big reason. One, please. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've had a hard week. Just please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I concur. Yeah. Not everyone was kung fu fighting, Mom. Some of us were trying to break it up. <laughs> My 13-year-old son told me that when he hits 99 pounds, he wants to eat one pound of nachos on his own so he can be 1% Nacho. Life goals. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm not sure what the context of this is, but it was apparently a question that was asked. Which app has changed your life the most in the past 10 years? And someone's response was mozzarella sticks. <laughs> <laughs> because, That's yes. exactly where my mind went to, too. Yes. Not app on my phone. No. Appetizers. No, appetizers. <laughs> Applications, appetizers. <laughs> right. My mind goes to appetizers. Yes, yes. Yes. How are unicorns fake, but giraffes are real? Like, what's more believable, a horse with a horn or a leopard moose camel with a 40-foot neck? Honestly. These are the questions. These, the world wants yes. answers. Yes. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> a platypus? <laughs> What is that? Why? Yes. Uh, well, I can't tell. It's, a, it's like a beaver that got a yes. tail on the front. I don't know. I know. I know. We went to the planetarium today, and when the voiceover said, this is the Earth, one of the kids booed. <laughs> <laughs> Go home, Earth. Boo. <laughs> That's harsh. I, you know, the ejecto seat, just right out of the... Out of, out of the uh, Omni Theater. <laughs> Kicks them right out. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. <laughs> I'm not usually one to get political on here, but croutons really need to be easier to stab with a fork. Yes. Life questions. And I just want to say that why do you have to make the why do you have to make the croutons so hard? I know. Because they cut your mouth. They do, but they're not. I feel like they're necessary. Well, there, there has to be something crunchy. There has to be something crunchy, yeah. but now at my house, they're not croutons anymore. They're crumbs. Yeah. They're crumbs because, honestly, I, I felt like I was being attacked by the croutons. Yes. 
I feel like you have to let them get a little a little soft with the dressing, whatever dressing you use. And still, but you cannot stab it with a fork. No. Mm-mm. And you can't eat a salad with a spoon. It's just not <laughs> possible. I made voodoo dolls of my dogs just so I could still rub their bellies while I'm at work. <laughs> That's unsettling. It really is a little unsettling. It is. It is. I gave a little kiss. Was it out of the fur of the dogs? Because (laughs) that, I mean, you could really... It's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. I gave a little kid some frozen yogurt today at work, and his mom says, okay, what do you say? And he looks me dead in the eyes and says, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I don't know, I I would have to say, "Um, didn't you have any ice cream? (laughs) I would maybe have to say that because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, obviously she doesn't love you. She gave you frozen yogurt. This dude at PacSun asked for my number while I was cashing out, and I was like, oh, sorry, I'm really not interested. Ha, ha, ha. And this man looks at me and goes, I meant for the rewards program. Oh. Why am I the dumbest human being alive? <laughs> See, that would be me, the most awkward human being ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How the face, that just hearing that, I can feel the heat (laughs) rise from my torso right up my face. Just, just (laughs) painful awkwardness (laughs) that reveals itself by really ruddy cheeks. Yes. Yes. And and above my eyebrows in a really unpleasant (laughs) manner. It's just attractive. Uh, And I think this is, yes, this is the last one. In eighth grade, we had to turn in weekly journals and the day I, after I turned one in about the kid I had a crush on in class, my teacher readed the seating chart and put us next to each other. Real wing woman at work. <laughs> uh, what grade did say? Eighth, grade? Oh eighth my grade. God. Which is the worst grade ever to talk to you know, the opposite sex oh, or somebody that you like. Or to, to even like somebody. Because <laughs> yeah. I swear that you like, in eighth grade, you like somebody harder than oh, you yes. ever will again in your life. It's love. The like crush smitten. is so, I mean, it's cr- it's so yes. crushing. <laughs> yes. It is so painful. Yes. And you are so awkward. Yeah. And when I was in eighth grade, I had, I was, I was mistaken for a boy <laughs> every single day. And I'm not kidding. Oh. I had this, this hair that could not be feathered or, you know, that kind of. That was, and I had no, the, the, the curviest part of my body were my knees. They were, I just was. It's the worst. And I swear, ever. I just, it was just awful. Yeah. I would not want to do that again. No, no, no. Because oh you gosh. just feel things so deeply. Yes. When you're that age. You do. I mean, your world is shattered when your love, the love of your life doesn't reciprocate those feelings. Oh, and oh, I, gosh. so I think that maybe there was the first dance that I went to in eighth <laughs> grade. And this is, oh, this talks about how awkward. So this, this first dance in eighth grade, um, I wore a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep it in. You okay, could, but what year because, was this, though? Because when was that comp? Were there other people who wore dresses? No. Oh, okay. This would have been 
Um, I mean, you don't need to tell us the, what, what year it was. If, you know, that's, it's fine. I just wasn't sure. Like, was this the time? Was it the time that you just wore dresses? It was 1982. Hmm, okay. Not 68 or... <laughs> I didn't think that you were that old. <laughs> 1982. Okay. No. You didn't wear dresses. But, being the oldest child in my family... Um, the only dances I'd ever been to were wedding dances. Sure. In which you wore dresses. Mm-hmm. I was the only girl in a dress. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good time, though? No. Oh. I don't remember having a okay. good time. I remember, this was eighth grade, so I don't remember anybody actually dancing. I remember uncomfortably standing in my little pod of girls. You know, yeah. Kind of moving. Yep. Uncomfortably to... Air supply. Oh, sure. Or, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Good. All that falsetto stuff. And, yeah, the music was, it was, it was horrible on so many levels. Sure. I don't think the boys danced at all. And at that point, you know, the girls were a foot taller than the boys. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just horrible. Again, it, that's why the rest of life, people think that high school you know, your high school years are the best years of your life? No, no. they are not. Mm-mm. They are just designed, they are designed to torture you in a way so that you are strong enough to face the rest of the world. Because right. nothing is going to be as hard right. as those first I agree. 18 years. I feel like it's like the military, like they beat Honestly. you down. Honestly. And then they, once you're out, you're like, they okay. They crush your soul. This is, I can become the person Now that's... you can, now put the pieces back yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, it was just, and, and it, <laughs> honestly, I can, as I think about it, the dances didn't get better. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Still with the pot of girls that I, yep, my gang, yeah, my posse. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, Katie, um, we are just. It is just entering into graduation season. Mm-hmm. So these are graduation traditions. Oh, from around the world. All right. They all could be made up. I have no idea. Sure. But it was on the internet. Obviously true. Obviously. Yep. In China, the school system has few graduation traditions. It is mostly about classmates enjoying each other. Caps and gowns are not required, and many female graduates wear wedding gowns. As they should. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you want to get multiple uses out of that. I mean... (laughs) I mean, to wear this beautiful dress. Just once? Yeah. You should, absolutely. Look at me. (laughs) It's all about me. Exactly. Right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) In Sweden, graduates wear sailor caps. They sing songs to their classmates, and the parents share embarrassing childhood photos of the graduates on big signs. Gifts are tied with ribbons, and they hang around the graduates' necks. Uh, And then there's a citywide parade. I would move. (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassing photos? Uh, Can I just say, have you ever never ever been to a graduation here in International Falls, which is uh, has its own unique traditions? Well, so I I'm fine with embarrassing photos to the people for the people who come to my graduation party who I haven't invited. Have to come to the graduation party before you can see embarrassing photos of you. Right, but if they're like broadcast for all of the other parents and friends and classmates to see. That'd be awful. Well, don't you think? I mean, like, most of my embarrassing photos would have been, like, school photos. Oh, well, yeah. Um, They've seen it all. 
I had to smile in such a way that I had to show my missing yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So mm-hmm. they, I mean, they've seen it. They've seen it. They lived it with you, right? They yeah. lived it. Oh, they were there. Yeah, and uh, they're um, in the picture. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> in the picture. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Missing their front teeth. <laughs> right. Too. So, uh, and the parade. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. In Japan, all of the graduations are the same. Uh, they, the graduates perform choreographed routines with singing and marching. Students wear their usual school, school uniforms to the event, and graduation usually takes place in March. Huh. But choreographed fun. routines... I mean, terrifying, but fun. You screw up, and you're, you're back in another year. <laughs> you know, you got to <laughs> serve graduate. another year until you, you can't forget it. You miss the routine up. <laughs> There's no tests. It's just that routine at the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. And if you don't do it right, Singing you're... and marching and... Sure. That doesn't sound so much fun. It does not, no. In Argentina, the graduates... Uh, so the observers pelt the graduates with food, including ketchup, dressing, and syrup. I'm not sure if it's actually in containers or they just throw the containers at them. Because that's what... A jug of ketchup. (laughs) Yes, I don't know. Did it say why? Like, what's the reason for that? No. Okay. In the Philippines, they wear a cap and gown with their school uniform underneath. And each graduate wears a traditional lei. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah, that's not really so exciting. Well, it's not, but it also takes a guesswork out of what should I wear under my graduation robe. Yeah. You know. You would. I mean, we might as well get your last use uniform. Get your money's worth. Right, get your money, <laughs> right. money's worth for that uniform. Yeah. And, um, but it's in the Philippines, so they're wearing their cap and gown, their uniform, and a lay. Hmm. Could get a little warm. It could. I, I think that our traditions here in, in northern Minnesota are probably unique, too. Yeah. Our graduation traditions. Uh, graduation is often held on the hockey, on the on the hockey rink floor without the ice, mm-hmm. usually, um, because there's often still snow outside. Okay, maybe there isn't really snow outside. Or in but the gym. In the gym. Or in the gym. If there's less people, it's in the gym. If there's less people, it's in the gym. Mm-hmm. And then traditions here are that uh, everybody has a party, and it takes up about... About a week before and two weeks after, yep. and uh, everybody has a party. Everybody goes to everybody else's parties. Yep. So they're not they're not at the same time, or anything. And um, they often can be kind of a big affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the graduate usually gets to pick the food <coughs> that they have, and the and they can get kind of elaborate. So they range yes. from everything from breakfast to supper to pig roast to whatever. When I graduated. We graduated, I think, on a Sunday. We all had our own parties, and we never went to anybody else's party. Sure. Our, we had our we had cake and ice cream. Yeah. At our house with our family. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like. Well, and I think bigger, bigger, like bigger cities don't have grad parties because there's so many. Like, there's just you don't get grad photos. You don't send them out. You don't like your immediate family. Obviously, knows you're graduating, so there's something. Mm-hmm. But it's not a it's not a big like celebration celebration where you invite other people. Grad photos, you don't, if you do get them, you don't send them out. You, to everybody. Yeah. Like here where you, all your classmates right. Invi- get You know, special invites with your photo and then, mm-hmm. yeah, which I think is kind of sad. Well, who doesn't love a good party? And About also, you. And 
also graduation cake is the best. And food. And free food. Well, and you get, typically at graduation parties, you get money or gifts to help you in now you're on your own. And here's some money or some things that will help you as you go out on your own. And that's very helpful. Yes. As somebody who, you know, probably has a minimum wage job at that point. Like they just, it's, yeah. And also you get cake, which there's just not enough opportunities in life. Right. I mean, you should get, we should get cake every week. We should. Maybe some weeks twice. Yes. I think that we should put that into the bylaws. And I just feel like, you know, if you want to solve the world's problems, come to this podcast because we have really good suggestions. We have have solid suggestions for solving the world's problem. Uh, Cake. Wedding dress on graduation day. Wedding dress on graduation day. Uh, You know, hopefully there actually wasn't a wedding Right. Before you graduated. But there could have been, and no judgment. No judgment. Um, but I would say that you should try that. I think you should get as many wares out of that dress as you can possibly right. get. And cake at least twice a week. And cake. I think once a week would be okay. Yeah. But sometimes, twice a week would be nice, just to right. shake things up a little bit. Right. Yeah, we don't have enough bir- We don't have enough employees. We have, we have cake on everybody's birthday, mm-hmm. but that's... We should now start celebrating half birthdays. I feel like we should celebrate Monday because, yay, we all actually came back to work. And Friday, yay, it's Friday. Cake on Monday, cake on Friday. How about cake on Monday, Chinese on Friday? Mm, And then cake for dessert. I'm liking how you're putting it. I think this is a good idea. I feel like we should just change this podcast to life's problems. Let us solve them for you. Check in every week. <laughs> and we'll give you... I feel like it would be much more up- uplifting. <laughs> and I feel like I wouldn't want to cry every time we finish the podcast. Because oh, no matter how funny our distractions are, they're just not funny No, enough. they aren't. They aren't. <laughs> Let's do it again next week. All right.